Harp on Sports with Seth Harp. You know what time it is. Three, two, one. Let's do this. Go, bartenders. Go, food needs refill. All right, here we go. Harp on Sports, the bar, podcast, media, audio, radio network. Follow, share, like, subscribe at Harp on Sports and all your social media platforms. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, Facebook Live, Harp on Sports, the Instagram page, Harp on Sports, the YouTube channel, harponsports.com. What do we have for store, or what do we have in store for you on this edition of the program? Well, we have NFL overriding story with Tom Brady returning to Foxborough. I want to spend just a tad bit on Tom returning, but it's overall part of something that's extremely overrated in sports, and that's playing your entire career with one team. So we're going to look at that. Also, Urban Meyer getting lambasted, getting destroyed. Uh, 0-4 start. Doesn't look like he's happy. Looks like he's upset. So where is this team? And the fact is, they're not very good, but he's a good coach. And that's the most important thing you got to understand about this. And there's other examples of good coaches that came from the college ranks that won championships that were Utter failures their first few years in the league, and I'm going to show you this. And also, the illusion of effort, as there is talk now that college basketball going to combine the men's and women's tournament to play the Final Four at the exact same location. That's just a waste of money. And we're going to look at that as well. Okay, where to begin? Tom Brady returning to Foxborough. I think it's extremely engaging, entertaining to me. I liken it to Brett Favre going back to Green Bay. I remember I lived in Charleston at the time. This was before I could get my hands on or you could get your hands on marquee NFL matchups. And where I was in Charleston, we didn't get that game. Why? Because we were Carolina Panthers uh, City and the Panthers played that afternoon. So we didn't get Brett Favre's return to Foxborough. So I remember going to Buffalo Wild Wings to watch it. I remember that. And... Here we are. To me, it's almost identical. I know Peyton Manning returning to Indianapolis, but this reminds me more of Favre going back to Green Bay. And I was sitting here thinking about it, and you've seen the previews, if you haven't, Adele, NBC. Um, I think it's so well done. But here's the thing. Playing your entire career for the same team is easily one of the top 10 most overrated things in sports. It is extremely overrated. It is. Playing the same for the same team every single day for your whole entire career. That is overrated. The all-time greats didn't do that. They didn't. You're telling me that if Tom Brady would have played every single year with New England, it'd be just as exciting as opposed to going to Tampa and succeeding? So instead of winning a bunch of Super Bowls with one fan base, he won Super Bowls with two, making that fan base happy as well. And just All he did, if he had stayed at New England and they'd have gone... Uh, 11 and five and lost early in the playoffs. And then I don't know, 12 and four and lost early again. Then he retired back. Like, oh, okay. But the fact that he went down to Tampa and did what he did, it's amazing. I'm thinking of guys that left just in football alone and went to other places and what it meant for their career, staying your whole career in the same place. Joe Montana going to Kansas city. He had them within a sneeze of the super bowl before they lost to the bills. If he just stayed in San Francisco, what then we don't get Steve young in San Francisco. That's just ridiculous. And, Peyton Manning going out to Denver. Look what he did. He goes out to Denver. He wins them a Super Bowl, although his best years 
there were years that they didn't win the Super Bowl. But when he went to Denver, it changed the structure and organization of that franchise. Didn't it? And that those are just quarterbacks. Off the top of my head, just quarterbacks I can think of that did this. Started their career, played a good chunk of their career one place, won someplace else. Brett Favre doing it. Tell me if Brett Favre would have stayed in Green Bay the whole time, it would have been just as exciting. There's no way it would have been just as exciting. It's a lot better that he left and went elsewhere. It made it more interesting. It made it more entertaining. Think about playing one television character all the time for your career on one show. Yeah, look, there's shows that are great. And, you know, you think about people that only played one character. Okay, fine. I mean, but being able to do multiple things is kind of fun and interesting, isn't it? To me, it is. And there's other sports. Look, and that's fine if you want to be nostalgic and love the Kobe in L.A. his whole career. And... Carabkin Jr. his whole career in Baltimore and Jeter his whole career in New York. That's fine if you like that. Okay, go ahead. I think it's I think it's much more enjoyable for multiple fan bases to get to share greatness, isn't it? Isn't it great that the Cubs and the Braves got to experience Greg Maddox? Isn't it great that Milwaukee and LA got to share Kareem? What, if LeBron would have spent 18 years in Cleveland, 20 years in Cleveland, it had been a better story than him going to Miami and succeeding, coming back to Cleveland and winning, and then going out to L.A. and doing what he's doing out there? Telling me one place at one time? It's overrated. Just extremely overrated. It's this thing that, you know who loves this? People that have never lived anywhere but where they lived their whole life. You know who loves? He stayed in one place and worked there, and he played for the same team for 20 years. That's great. You know who loves that? The guy that's had the same job for 40 years. That's the dude that loves that. The boring guy that eats the same ham and turkey sandwich every single day at lunch, that has his reclining chair and has his shows. That's the type of dude that likes the guy that stays in the same spot for the same job for his entire career in sports. I mean, I got all sorts of guys written down like this. Again, that's fine if you want to romanticize Jeter and Kobe. They stayed in the same place. It's boring. It is. It's boring. I like the variety. What? No, you don't have to be Gary Sheffield and play, what, for five different teams for, what, four years each or whatever it was? Look, I, I get that can be overkill. I get it. But look around at great coaches. We almost It's funny about that with football players and basketball players and baseball players. We want you to stay in the same place for 20 years, play your whole career there. But with coaches, we almost demand that you win in multiple places. Oh, well, yeah, who knows what Belichick would have done if he didn't have Brady. He needs to win to somebody else. Go somewhere else and win. Look, he, he failed there. He didn't win there. Nick Saban. Oh, I see what he's doing in Alabama, but I'd like to see him do it somewhere else. Well, he did it somewhere else. He did it at LSU. And he kind of did it at Michigan State. Yeah, I want to see him go win at Kansas, though. Oh, okay. We almost demanded of coaches that they give up everything and start over, do something new. But with athletes, you need to stay in the same place your whole life, whole career. Because that's what I've chosen to do with my career. I live in the same city, see the same people, eat the same restaurant. Boring. Boring. So... As Brady goes back to New England, I want you to think about that. The pomp and the circumstance, how great that is, how enjoyable that's going to be. He returns home, the emotion, the pageantry, the drama. And let's not forget sports or entertainment, they're drama. Drama. And quite frankly, I love it when athletes and franchises break up. Gives me something to talk about. It's interesting. It's interesting when good guys turn bad and bad guys turn good. That's why professional wrestling is a billion-dollar business. Right? That's why we still go to movies. You got a villain, a good guy. There you go. Brady returns, staying your entire career with one team. Extremely overrated. Uh, 
from that to this, Urban Meyer, off to a rough start. He's 0-4. What I think is going to be interesting, and I'm going to blow your mind on this stat. Urban Meyer's lost more NFL games in his first month than, ready for this, Big Ten games he lost his entire time at Ohio State. Let that sink in. Let me take that back. Make that more reasonable or make more sense. Urban Meyer's now lost four NFL games. His whole time at Ohio State, he lost four regular season Big Ten games. So Urban Meyer's already lost more as many NFL games as he did regular season Big Ten football games. He's the head, he's head coach at Ohio State for every year last decade with the exception of one. Right? Urban Meyer has lost as many NFL games as he has college football games in the Big Ten already. And so what? So what? Urban Meyer doesn't look like he's having fun. Yeah, what do you want him to smile? Oh, look at him. He's stressed out. He's he's furious. If he were over there popping a vein in his forehead and just gritting his teeth and just getting furious, you'd be like, oh my gosh, he's going to have a coronary. But instead, he just kind of leans over like, just has that look on his face. It's like, oh, can't handle it, can't handle it. He's fun to rag on. And last night, should have kicked the field goal. You go up three scores in the NFL. You're up 17 nothing at halftime. It's just, it, it, there are so few possessions in the NFL as opposed to college. Teams are too good. And collegiately, how often a year, 12-game regular season, did Urban Meyer stare across the sidelines and see more talent than he had? Maybe one or two games a year, maybe. And now he's seen it in every game with maybe the exception of the Texans game, which they just weren't ready for. They've gotten better each and every week. But I go back through and look, when you inherit garbage teams and have the number one pick, the team isn't any damn good. And I went through and looked, and I'm going to give you a couple other coaches that came from the collegiate ranks that had success that were in the NFL and that were disasters out of the gate. You ready? Jimmy Johnson, 1-15 his first year in Dallas, followed by 7-9 and his second year in Dallas. So Jimmy Johnson comes from Miami where he wins a national championship, and then, you know, he builds this dynasty there. Goes to the Cowboys and goes 1-15 his first year, then 7-9 and is his second. So you go on to win two Super Bowls and... Would have had maybe the best dynasty in the history of the NFL if it weren't for Jerry Jones. So there's one, case in point one. Case in point number two, I'll go back even farther, Dick Vermeil. Dick Vermeil was good at UCLA. Dick Vermeil leaves and goes to the Eagles. What's he doing his first year in Philly? Four and ten. So Dick Vermeil leaves UCLA, has success, goes to Philadelphia, goes four and ten, followed by five and nine. It's all famer. How about another guy by the name of Bill Walsh? Bill Walsh. His first year with the San Francisco 49ers, what was he? 2 and 14. Followed by 6 and 10. So Bill Walsh was 8 and 24 his first two years in the NFL. 2 and 14 his first year. Bill Walsh's first year in the NFL, 2 and 14. Dick Vermeil, 4 and 10. Jimmy Johnson, 1 and 15. Now, Pete Carroll went 7 and 9, but Pete Carroll was a head coach twice before he ended up with the Seahawks, right? He's a head coach with the Jets and the head coach of the Patriots. Then he went to USC, had success, and came back. So he was already a two-time NFL coach. That's why I left him out. But he went 7-9 and nine his first year. No, it doesn't matter. So the Urban's 0-4. He can't cut it. If he'd had social media and the same type of coverage, Bill Walsh would have been bad. Do it at Stanford, kid. Do it here. Jimmy Johnson. Oh, big Jimmy Johnson. Jimmy Johnson's already lost more games in his first year in Dallas than he ever did at Miami. Those are the things we'd be saying. Just like I told you about the Urban Meyer stat. Urban Meyer's lost more games in the NFL, or as many games in the NFL as he did the entire time at Ohio State in the regular season of the Big Ten. It happens. So what? 
Look how much they're struggling. What, do you think they're going to be 15-2? and two? That franchise was terrible last year. It was awful. They're 1-15 for a reason. Well, they're tanking for Trevor. Well, maybe every now and then they tank, but that team was just really piss poor most of the time. It just got drilled. And now they're better. It's going to take some time. But look, they're going to have the most salary cap place, uh, pay, uh, salary cap space in the NFL next year, and they're going to be able to take that money, and they're going to have a top five pick. They're, it takes years to rebuild. Who goes one and fifteen, and then the next year goes eleven and six? Nobody does that. Nobody does that in this league. Nobody, especially teams with rookie quarterbacks. How often do rookie quarterbacks number one overall make the playoffs? How many times do rookie quarterbacks make playoffs? Period. It just doesn't happen. So, go ahead. You want to rag on Urban Meyer? Knock yourself out. Go for it. But Bill Walsh, Jimmy Johnson, Dick Vermeil, all the same. And to uh, drive one home, Jaguars fans? So Tom Coughlin, didn't he? Now, Tom was mildly successful at BC, beat Notre Dame in a gigantic game, seemingly going 8-4, and 9-3, and three, which, look at Boston College, not easy to do. And... He goes to Jacksonville and lightning in a bottle. Things tend to click. Two years, they're in the playoffs. Within five years, he's got the best team in the AFC. It's pretty impressive. But judging by year one, he had a losing record. Can't handle it. Can't handle it. Okay. Success just doesn't come overnight. Nick Saban, when he went, I remember because I was in Huntsville, Alabama. When Nick Saban went back from, to the college ranks from the NFL, they started 6-1 and one and then lost five in a row, including a game to Louisiana Monroe. I saw him at 6-1 and one have a two-touchdown lead on LSU. LSU won the national title that year and blow it, and then they lost four more in a row. Okay, go ahead. Urban can't hack it. Sure. You'd have said the same thing about Jimmy Johnson, Dick Vermeil, Bill Walsh, Tom Coughlin, all those guys. No Hall of Famers. Uh, wanted to wrap with this, the illusion of effort. Announcement made this week that the NCAA is considering, or college sports are considering, having the men's and women's tournament at the same venue. See? Here's a quality. Here you go. Jimmy? No. Scott Marie Scott's question on Jimmy. I'll get back to that. Ladies, here you go. You can play in the same venue as the men. And I know what they're doing. You know what they're doing. It's the illusion of effort. The illusion of effort. I tried my best. Okay. We're going to have the men and women on the same venue. See, I know, ladies, we hosed you with your weight room in the NCAA tournament a couple years ago, but you're going to get to play in the same arena as the men. Let me tell you how that's going to go. Let's say you play the Final Four, Indianapolis, Lucas Oil. All right, here we are. Packed to the gills for the men's Final Four. You're going to play the women's Final Four when? Earlier in the day, the next day? That place is going to be empty. You know it, and I know it. The crowds are just different. Who were we? Who are we kidding? To go from like women's college basketball to men's college basketball in the Final Four, there's a reason they don't do the women's Final Four in NFL stadiums because they the fan base just isn't there like it is for the men. It's just not. Just be honest with each other. The ratings aren't the same. Well, maybe if they had the same platform. All right, you open that venue up. That thing is going to be half full if you're lucky. Half full if you're lucky, and it's going to look bad. It's going to look bad for the women and. The NCAA is going to say, well, we gave you equal chances. We gave you an equal footing here. It's going to look bad. This is a bait and switch. This is a setup. The illusion of effort. Don't fall for it. I'm not going to fall for it. Hey, look, we're giving you the same platform. 
this is where you say, we don't want the same, we don't need the same venue. And then they're going to call both tournaments March Madness. That's fine. But this is, again, the illusion of doing something. The illusion of doing something. This is the same as your kid saying, I'm going to make dinner tonight. And he cracks a couple of eggs open and he throws them in the microwave and does a couple of pieces of toast and gets butter and jam everywhere and brings you the breakfast and says, hey, look, I made dinner. You're like, oh, you shouldn't have. And I really mean it. You shouldn't have. Because that's what it is. So I look at it. So what could you do instead? Well, there's a variety of things you could do instead. And oh, by the way, this is going to cost you money. It's going to cost more money to do this. And you are going to create a situation where fewer people are going to be able to see it. It's not going to have the same atmosphere. The one cool thing about the women's Final Four is those venues are always packed. Why? Because they're playing them in where? NBA arenas? They're playing them in big or basketball arenas. Part of the reason people say the Final Four is missing something is because they're playing in football stadiums. And they're right. So this talk of having the men's and women's Final Four at the same place, it's going to make the women look bad. It's going to make the crowd look like they don't care. It's going to, make, it's going to be spread out. It's going to be look at all the empty fans here. It just is. You've been to that. You've seen things like that. It's like, oh my gosh, the stadium's empty. The illusion of effort. What could you do other than this? There's a bunch of things you could do. There are. What I'd like to see is them start the women's tournament a week before the men's. You can have it to themselves, right? I know you got conference championships game going on, but when you try to pigeonhole and try to slide the women's games in between the men's, and all right, here's four straight days of crazy March Madness action for the men. We're down to the Sweet 16. All right, here you go. They're the ladies. Just not the same. Not the same. Um, <laughs> illusion of effort. Uh, what's Scott right about Jimmy Johnson? Uh, they did say Jimmy Johnson was in over his head after year one. Yeah. That, yeah, he did, didn't he? It's amazing what happens to Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith. It takes a while to get what you want set up. I've been here in Gainesville for 20 months. Programming-wise, I have the station where I want where I want it. Right now, it takes me about 20 months to get there programming-wise for it to sound the way I wanted it, for it to flow the way I want it. For it, it sounds like a top 10 market radio station now. And Florida is the most successful athletic program in the country. It is. Top to bottom, it is. The radio station sounds like that now. But it took me 20 months to do it. Takes a while. Close to 20, what, 19? Things take time. Now I got to lose 10 pounds. <laughs> Hopefully that won't take 20 months. Damn shoulder. All right. Harfod Sports, the bar, podcast, audio, media, radio network. Uh, follow, share, like, subscribe at Harfod Sports on all of your platforms. Uh, you know what to do. Uh, almost done with the website. That should be 10 days from now. Seven to 10 days. That thing should be up and running. Going to have, uh, you know, columns. Going to have all the podcasts, all the videos, all the audios. HarpOnSports.com exists right now, but it's going to be a clean, fresh, uh, reimagined version of that. So there we go. Hope you enjoyed it. Remember, stay clean, stay focused, stay strong. Frankenstein, have fun with your friends.